Hi, welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids who love the Lord and love each other. I absolutely love young moms, and it's my passion to provide you with tips and tools to make your journey easier. Thanks so much for joining us today. Today's topic is going to be what to do when the kids don't get along. We've all been there, and I'm, hopefully I can provide some tips and tools to help you when that happens to you, as it will. Before we get started, let me remind you that you can access our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, or multiple other channels. Thanks for joining us today. You know, God has created the family to be the training ground for children. And since we are all born with a sin nature, righteous behavior does not come naturally. Therefore, it's our primary job as parents to train our kids to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, and mind. And that awesome job requires intentional time put into training them to look to Scripture as the only practical guidebook for their lives. And you know, God's Word does supply them with principles to follow and answers to every dilemma they are ever going to face in life. I believe that. I've seen it. We need to teach that to our kids. Of all the things we teach our kids, the most crucial is how to find answers to everyday situations in life and to learn to make wise choices based on what the Bible says. And many of us, you know, are still trying to learn that ourselves. But I found that as I spend time teaching these principles to my kids and the application of God's Word, I learn it as well. And it's a powerful tool when your kids see you learning it alongside of them. So don't feel like you have to be perfect at everything before you can teach your kids because that's just not going to happen. In my 47 years of child training, I have gone to Scripture to find out what it says about teasing, mocking, anger, slothfulness, rudeness, etc. in order to be able to share that with my children. You know, when our children have trouble getting along, which they will, it's God's direction to us to get our insight from Scripture and spend time to diligently teach this to our kids. That's what we have done. I'm going to share with you today a Bible study that I wrote for my kids, which hopefully will help you. Each time my kids demonstrated one of these character flaws, I would go to Scripture to find out what it said about it. And then I wrote short answer questions for the kids to look up so that they could get the insights from God's Word on these particular things. There's 43 different negative character qualities and the corresponding positive character quality. And let me remind you, I've said it before, that every negative character quality your kids display is actually just a positive character quality misused. And we need to teach them, according to God's Word, how to turn that into choosing the wise choice instead of doing what comes naturally. So this covers things like anger, tattling. These are all things that I saw demonstrated in my kids, which I'm sure you'll see in yours. Unkindness, laziness, jealousy, mocking, disobedience, not listening, selfishness, arguing, boasting, complaining, lying, teasing, bad words, pride, fearfulness, Stealing, cheating, cruelty, mischievousness, I had a couple of those kids, scornfulness, 
vengefulness. You know, I want to get back at you because you did this to me. Rejoicing when others get in trouble. You know, how many of our kids will do that? Somebody else gets in trouble and they're quite joyful about it. Bribing. I had one child that used to bribe others to do her ironing for her. Um, planning wickedness. Greediness, wanting the best for themselves. Gossiping, repeating things that should not be repeated. Flattery, deceitfulness, arrogance, not admitting wrongdoing. How many times have you said to your child, did you do this? No, I didn't do that when they actually did. So these are struggles that my kids faced that I'm sure your kids face too. And in this study, they will find, I'm going to walk you through it to show you how I would teach my kids to deal with those things. So in a minute, I will walk you through what I would say. Um, you know, after sharing with parents for years how we went about it in our family, I finally took the time to get it in a form that you and your kids can use without having to dig it all out for yourselves. So let me give you just a couple of quick examples. Your child's speaking, or children are speaking to each other in angry tones. You come into the situation. Who knows who started it? You know, it doesn't even really matter who started it. They're actually both making wrong choices. Proverbs 15.1 teaches us a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Both children need to learn how to deal with the anger of the other. It never solves a problem to snap angrily back at the other child. Instead, one person, it takes just one, to apply God's solution to the situation and then step back and watch God work. God always honors his principles. So we would teach our kids, try giving a soft answer, and you will see the anger of the other person begin to subside. Now, if you've got one child who's constantly antagonizing another, then that's a different issue that needs to be dealt with. But as you attempt to lead your children, watch for patterns to emerge. If one of your kids struggles in a certain area, then it's God's direction for you to concentrate on teaching them what God's word has to say about that sin. We always use the struggles that our kids were going through at the time as direction to what scriptures they needed to learn. And, you know, we found out that it's not anything cutesy that you can do that's going to change your children's behavior. What changes their heart is for them to learn God's word, first memorize it, learn it in their head, and then you help them put it into practice. And as they see it work out in their life, then it begins to change their heart. So the heart is the last thing that's changed. It's not, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen as soon as they learn the verse. You know, it, but it will in time work its way from their head down to their heart. What we're ultimately doing is what Isaiah 55, 8 tells us. We're learning to exchange our thoughts for God's thoughts. God's thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. And our natural thoughts don't come close to being the way God thinks. So we need to learn to turn our thoughts around so that your kids can learn to think more like God thinks about situations. You know, head knowledge puffs up. The mind learns information. But we need to move that information to the heart by the practical application. And as you as the parent walk your child through their struggles, that will happen. God will honor and reward those who make the wise choices. So prepare for an adventure because it's a lifestyle that we're talking about. 
As you lead your child to apply God's wisdom to his everyday life, God's going to reveal sin patterns in your life that you're not going to like. And you are going to see the need to apply God's word to your life as well. You know, what we found through the years, when we see our kids demonstrating a sinful behavior, we need to look inside because they may have learned that from us. I read a book by George Barna called Transforming Children into Champions, into Spiritual Champions. And he claims in his study that by the age of 13, your spiritual identity is largely set in place. Because of that, he advises parents to maximize their influence and train their children in the scriptures while they're young. And just let me say, if your kids are no longer young, it's never too late to start. But if you've got young children, it's never too early to start. Getting God's word in their minds that will eventually get into their hearts is the thing to do. If you correct your children today and effectively teach them God's principles and foundation from the start, you will see the fruit of that effort will blossom for decades to come. You know, the more diligent we are in these efforts, the more of a harvest we will reap. Alternatively, he says, the more lackadaisical we choose to be in our efforts to raise up children as moral and spiritual champions, the less healthy church and society will be. George Barna says, the choice is yours. So I want to practically walk you through this study to show you how I would use it. Let's start with anger. Okay, first of all, I tell the kids synonyms that are used in the Bible for anger. To make wrath, anger, indignation, fury, to smoke, to burn. Proverbs 15.1 is the verse your kids are to look up. And let me just, I'm not going to look all these up, but I will read that one to you. Proverbs 15.1. Now let me say that you can use whatever version of the Bible you choose. The answers will vary a little bit, but you can choose King James, you can choose New American Standard. Whichever one you choose, this study will work for. Choose the one that you're most familiar with. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. So the first question is, what type of words tend to inspire anger in those who hear them? And we also give you an answer sheet to go along with that. And as I say, depending on which version you use, your answers will vary a little bit. Harsh words or grievous words. Question number two, what type of words should we use instead to turn away wrath? The answer is gentle words or soft words. This is what we need to teach our kids to do. This is the key here. We use gentle words and it turns the, away the wrath of others. Proverbs 15, 18, what does anger stir up? Strife or conflict. Now, I'm not going to read you all these verses, but I am going to read you a few of the answers just so that you kind of get the feel for what we're teaching kids here so that you can then guide them and remind them when they're faced in that situation how to put this into practice. What appeases strife? Patience or one who is slow to anger. You know, this, this provides you an opportunity to talk this over with your kids. How do we implement that? And then today or tomorrow when you see them facing this temptation, you remind them of that verse and you remind them what scripture said and the correct response, the wise response. Proverbs 19.11, what character quality should we exercise to defer anger? Discretion. 
or patience. And we can explain to our kids what that is and how that works. Proverbs 16.32, what does this verse tell us of a person who is slow to anger? He is better than the mighty one or one who takes a city. If your kids can learn to control their anger, they are better than the mighty man or one who takes a city. Self-control is such an important character quality to learn. And if your kids can get a handle on this when they're little, God will be able to use them in a mighty way that he wouldn't if, he's, if they're struggling to learn this as they grow older. Proverbs 21.14, what is a godly way to hold back anger? The giving of a gift to the one you're angry at, investing in them. Now, let me just say, we use this principle with our kids. If your kids struggle to be angry with a brother or sister, kind of pull them aside, remind them of this verse, and help them prepare a gift to give to the one that they're often angry at. And there's also the verse in Matthew 7, I think it is, uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So when they prepare a treasure to give to this child they're often angry with, it turns their heart toward that child. And, you know, we saw that happen. The one classic, the first time we ever tried it was with my daughter whose brother was teasing her. And we told her about this verse, and she prepared. She was a young teen. She was excited about baking. So she baked a cake for her brother. And she said at first, I did not feel like doing that. You know, I wanted to throw it at him or something because she was so mad at him. But as she did that, she said, you know, when he came home from work that day and I gave him the cake, I don't remember what his reaction was. But what I do remember is what my heart reaction was. I was more invested in that brother and I was excited about it. And it helped my attitude toward that brother. Scripture does work. If we do things God's way, we will get God's results. And we need to walk our kids through that. Now, you can't just say, go do this. You have to remind them how to do it. You have to walk them through it. Question eight is, how might you apply this to one who is angry with you? So if you've got kids that are in that situation, help them come up with a plan. It might not be baking a cake. It might be a, a boy doing something for his sister. Um, you know, help them work through a plan to deal with this one who's angry with them. How about to someone you are tempted to be angry at? Planning a special gift for the person I'm tempted to be angry at. All right, Psalm 37, 8. How are we told in this verse to deal with our anger? Do not fret about it. There's so much wisdom in Scripture. Let me just read you that. It's Psalm 37. I love the Psalms, full of so much practical information. Psalm 37. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself to do wise, to do evil. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Okay, just a few more to give you an idea. What insight does this verse give us into the character of God? Since we are to strive to attain godly character in our lives, what can we learn from this verse? List the characteristics of God in verses 8 and 9 in Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. So God is our perfect example. Here we're listing characteristics of God. 
Ecclesiastes 7, 9, does this verse imply that we can control our anger? Yes, it does. What is said of the man who is angry? Anger rests in the bosom of fools. You know, if you teach your kids, if they cultivate anger in their life, they're going to end up like the angry man. And when you see what the angry man in Scripture is like, nobody wants to be like the angry man. But it's those little tiny decisions day by day, making the right choices that will make the difference in your kids' lives. Ephesians 4.31 lists the responses we're to put away from us. This is something to actively do, to put away. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. So I think you're getting the idea of what we're doing. This provides a springboard to start talking about this with your kids. Okay, there's a couple more. I just want to give you an idea of what this is like. Jonah, we use the example of Jonah. Jonah 4, 1 through 9. Why was Jonah angry? Okay, the kids read that verse. Why was Jonah angry? What did God say to Jonah? What was Jonah's response? Then read to the end of the chapter and see how Jonah should have responded. In Matthew 5:22, what did Jesus say himself about being angry at a brother? Luke 15:28, the prodigal son when he returned home, read the context of this verse and tell why the older brother was angry. What should have been his response? It's just there's so much about anger in Scripture. And then at the end of this section, we tell the kids, look up the following verses. Tell the name of the person, what he was angry at, and the consequences or results of his anger. You may need to read more of the text to find out the consequences. So we give them several scriptures, quite a few scriptures for them to look up and answer those questions about. Then we go on to wrath is another word in scripture for anger. And there's some questions to look up about wrath. Then at the end of that section, kids look up verses about self-control, which is the contrast of being angry. The contrast is made between one angry in spirit and one that rules his spirit or practices self-control. And at the end of that section, we give a conclusion. Remember, give a soft answer and watch God work it out. So you see how practical this is. You see how it can be a springboard for dealing with this in your kids' lives. You can't just say, do right, don't be angry. You have to help them put shoe leather on it. You have to walk through the situations with them. Just real briefly, let me give you another example of laziness. First, we tell synonyms in the Bible for laziness. Slothful, sluggish, idle. What are we told of the diligent man? What does this verse tell us of the slothful man? What is the way of the slothful man compared to? How does the path of the diligent dif differ? What are the characteristics of the slothful man in this verse? What does this verse tell us of the desire of the slothful man? And then we go on to sluggard, which is another word, and we give them questions to look up about sluggard. And then we go on to diligence. And, you know, your kids will see themselves as either one or the other. They will see themselves as the sluggard or as the diligent man. God promises much benefit to those who are diligent. They will stand before kings. They will be in positions of honor and influence if a person is diligent. And we need to point that out to our kids. It's not just you do right and no one's ever going to notice it. You are doing right. You're making the right decisions to please your maker. Our ultimate goal should be to 
please the Lord. And our kids need to learn that in these practical situations every day. And as they do that, God will put his hand of blessing on their life. So I hope that has kind of helped you. In this study, we also have a set of CDs where Uncle Rick, my husband, reads through a lot of these scriptures that are given in the book. And he helps them realize how they could implement this in their life and what God's blessings would be if they could do that. The way we use the CDs is we just pop them in at bedtime and it reinforces what the kids were learning during the day in their book. And this is something like the CDs you would use again and again and again and again. And it, it's a reminder of truth. It teaches the kids that God's word has the answers. God's word is truth. And it's going to help them in their everyday decisions. It's going to help them please their Lord, which is ultimately why we are left here on the earth. So I hope that helped you today. I hope it gives you an idea of how you would use this resource. And for a handout, I will give you like a freebie handout. I'm going to give you the list um, of these 43 negative character qualities, the corresponding positive, a scripture verse to use for each, and an insight. For instance, tattling. There are scriptures to learn. The positive quality is love, and the insight into God's word is friends are separated when you tattle. So I hope this has helped you. We, we would really like to hear your input. If you have topics you would like to hear me address, I would love to hear that. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you.